Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in on a Wednesday morning. It is September 28th, 2022. Right now in the capital city, we're sitting at 47 degrees. Woo. Love it. And uh, another day of highs in the 70s looking very nice out there. And the uh, schedule for the show looking very nice today as well. A couple of fantasy Huskers keywords coming at you at 635 and 810. Your chance to win pizza and gear from Valentino's and Alumni Hall, respectively. Also on the show today, Officer Chad will join us at the end of the 6 o'clock hour to talk to a cop. It is a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday, your weekly opportunity to get it off your chest and be a more pleasant person, a better community member. So be listening at 710 for your chance to call, text in, or jump in on the Facebook discussion, or just listen and relate to people who are sharing what is chapping their hide today. Also, a little bit later in the show today, Lincoln Symphony Orchestra is going to join us, plus John Bishop gets us ready for Nebraska and Indiana. So that's what we've got on the uh, on the tap today. It is uh, it's my last day in the show for Lincoln uh, it, for well for a day. I'm going to be back here on Friday, but I head out a little bit later this afternoon. I am going to be heading out west in Nebraska to Lexington, where I'll camp out tonight. I mean, I won't camp actually. They're, they're, I'm going to be in a hotel, but I will be in uh, Lexington, Nebraska tonight. And I will be uh, kicking off with Kevin Thomas, getting together, reuniting with my old KLIN colleague mm-hmm. for the Team Jack Radiothon, our statewide broadcast tomorrow. That'll start at 7. So Caleb and Mark will have you covered from 6 to 7. I'll be on with Kevin at 7. Uh, we have uh, put together a huge lineup again. Yeah, I should say, when I say we, I mean Kevin has done it. Uh, but I helped him a little. Kevin did 98% he, of it. He did a lot of it, but I helped him, did a couple of the interviews and, and did some of the things and, and, uh, and just trying to remember all of the names of the guests that are going to be joining us. Uh, well, I, uh, I talked to Larry the Cable Guy. We will have him joining us. We've got former Huskers. We've got, uh, Kenny Bell, uh, I believe, who will be joining us. Rex Burkhead, who will be joining us. Um, uh, we got Austin Allen, who is going to be joining us. Uh, we have got the governor who is going to be joining us. We've got, I mean, I'm just giving you a tiny slice of the pie, the ones that I can remember right at the moment. But we have a huge, huge list of guests who is going to join us really throughout the day. And most importantly, we are hoping to continue to raise money for Team Jack in our 10th year of the Team Jack Radiothon and continue that fight that Team Jack has really been instrumental in for the last decade plus here in Nebraska. Uh, against brain cancer, uh, pediatric brain cancer nationwide, providing dollars, providing research that just hasn't been there in a lot of cases. And you're going to hear stories about what your help has has meant to kids in Nebraska. Uh, some of the cases that are still difficult ones that uh, we're still hoping to to provide some of the solutions to uh, for kids in Nebraska and and just kind of the unification that this entire state has gone through throughout this process of Team Jack, and it's a celebration of that and and uh, a time to 
to really bolster the efforts coming up tomorrow. So that's a little bit of a programming note. We'll be on throughout the day here on KLIN, like I said, starting at 7, going until 6 p.m. I'm going to be a part of the first half or so uh, of that coverage. Kevin's got some other guests who are coming in who are going to anchor with him throughout the second half of the day. And so, yeah, a little bit something different. And so that means just a couple of things that does mean for for you guys. Uh, We're going to move Ticket Thursday to Friday. We're going to give away Nebraska-Indiana football tickets during the Friday Husker tailgate. Yeah, we are. We're working up a little something special for that. Uh, so, And no Grow Lincoln this week, no Greg Sharp uh, this week. So just, just some quick changes I want to make sure you guys are totally aware of. So that's what we've got going uh going in the next 24 48 hours and so looking forward to getting back out there and enjoying the nice nice community and the nice folks out there at elwood where we'll be uh doing that right kind of uh we're right in the kind of the main town square next to uh the uh the home agency uh who uh jim baldonado is behind he's been a huge 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 supporter uh of team jack over the years and has uh really been generous with his time with his money uh that is that has made a big difference in that whole thing so that's where we will be or i will be i should say tomorrow all right uh jumping in to other stories today well it looks like you know i wanted to be the one to break this story and kudos matt olberding was able to get the details reportable details before i was even though you kind of were able to connect the dots and see exactly what was happening when we got a release late during the show yesterday that said there was going to be a press event on this morning, later this morning, at First and Cornhusker Highway uh, featuring city, county officials, leaking Convention and Visitors Bureau, Nebraska Wesleyan, and Darren Erstad. Yes, Darren Erstad. And it took Caleb read me the press release, and it took me about uh, about three seconds, probably both of us, just a few seconds to figure out what this probably was. Tried, I tried to get a little detail, tight lipped. I would say is how I would describe the people uh, who would know about what this was. Well, I don't know if they're ever going to be allowed to make a request on request line Friday. Uh, that's- <laughs> We're going to start holding stuff back, too. But apparently someone wasn't tight-lipped to Matt Olberding of the Lincoln Journal-Star because he does have the story, and uh, his story indicates that there will be an announcement for a new baseball and softball complex in that area at First and Cornhusker. This is near Oak Lake, north of downtown Lincoln. Basically, uh, I-180 I and Cornhusker, just west. Right, I-180 and Cornhusker, and an area, a general area that's that was, but you go back to, to uh, if you go back, man, 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, they had this uh, 2015 Vision Group, or whatever, was that they called it? 2015 Visioning Group. Uh, and they were they were talking about some of the things they'd like to see in that entire area, and they talked about a sports triangle uh, that included not only a new arena, which had not been which had not come to fruition yet at that point, uh, Memorial Stadium, Haymarket Park, but they also talked about uh, some actual fields, some some complexes uh, for youth to play on and and older people to play on as well. And that part of it really never, that was one of the things that was never quite realized in that plan. I think it was kind of figuring out, uh, number one, obviously, funding and who's going to get behind it and, and what kind of private partners that you're going to have in this whole thing. And then number two, just nailing down and identifying the land with it. I had always said 
that I thought if you could somehow make the area work immediately west of Haymarket Park, um, where you've got some some land there, of course, you know, I don't know what issues they had with floodplain and acquisition of that land. To me, that always made tons of sense for a facility like that. Well, they're not going to be far from that. I mean, you probably throw a stone from there and and kind of hit the area that yeah. they are looking. I don't at. know if you could do it with a stone, but you could certainly do it with a good drive of a golf. Yeah, well, I mean, Darren Erstad. Erstad could do Erstad it. Erstad could probably do it. I don't know how his uh, arm right. is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- that is the area. Now, the interesting, the, the thing that really gave it away to me was when they said Nebraska Wesleyan was going to be a part of it because if you if if you don't know, you might wonder. Okay, Nebraska Wesleyan. Well, don't they have like a they have like an on-campus field that they're playing their games at, baseball games at. Nope. No, they've been playing at those old that old field at Woods Park all of uh, all of the recent the, years. Uh, like and, this and is South like Paul's a, been at University Place, and South Paul's been at University Place, and so like city field. Like I played games, youth games on that field at Woods Park. Now they've made it into a regulation baseball field, and they do play. Like my son had Legion games there. Uh, back over the last several years, but it's not really. I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't scream college baseball to you necessarily uh, for Nebraska Wesleyan, and so um, they'll be. They, they presumably will be part of the project that would indicate that they're part of this is going to be a no a new home field for their baseball and softball. Uh, we don't know a whole lot of the details in terms of, you know, the amount of fields, exactly how the funding is going to work on. But Matt pointed out in his story, they they did this uh, in Elkhorn. There, there, there was this big plan in Elkhorn to build eight turfed baseball and softball fields uh, and soccer fields. And that was a $23 million project. So we could be looking at the range of $20, 25000000 million on this thing. I, I don't know I, if that's I, big enough for eight uh Fields or not? I'm not sure either. I think that's that. That's a uh, that's a good question. It's it's a former city landfill, um, and the study that they had back with that 2015 vision visioning group uh, said you could do at least 12 fields there. Um, back, but that was back when when they had done this whole thing. Uh, there was a plan that was announced in 2014, according to Matt's article, for 10 softball fields with artificial turf at a site south of. Oak Lake, maybe a field house there, but that never really got off the ground. And so it looks like they've finally got something together there. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, uh, uh, of course, I think it's reasonable for everyone to say, okay, who is this a public private partnership? Is this exclusively a private deal? Where are the funds coming from to do this? That's always, a, you know, something that is very relevant in looking at these things. Um, but beyond that, I I will continue to say, and Jeff and I have talked about this a hundred times, it feels like, when when he's been on the show. But in terms of something that Lincoln doesn't have, that competing competing communities have, and much smaller competing communities have Mm -hmm. in the area where Lincoln is getting its absolute tail kicked by some of these competing communities, and something that will be used... And something that will have a significant economic impact, I believe, this would be it. This would be up there in terms of things. Now, if you don't have a, a, a kid, a, a grandkid, or, or yourself in involved in, in sports, you might say, well, really? Is it that? I'm telling you, <laughs> having been enmeshed in the youth baseball community for 
uh, a, 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 a decade up until a year ago. Uh, it it is it's huge. It's out it, of control. It's huge. Yeah, you might you might you <laughs> might you might say that. But the demand yes. for fields and locations and and what what it portends for the communities that have these facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, how they're you know patronized they get, they get people there the economic impact it is not hard to see that and I can go down the list of some of these these towns that have great facilities way better than anything that Lincoln's got I mean you go to Fremont they've got a fantastic facility Seward's got a good facility York's got a good facility uh, Carney's got a good facility. Um, I can go down Hastings the list. Hastings has got their softball facility. I, I haven't been, Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Hastings. You go to you go to the Des Moines area, and what they've got oh, in Ankeny geez. is. I mean, this won't be anything like that, but like that that Ankeny one is like a city all into itself it every weekend in in the spring, summer, and fall. So I mean, I I I really have the feeling that it is just being familiar with that community, not. And I'm out of it now, um, so I don't. This isn't necessarily to benefit myself or anything like that here at this point. But I absolutely can see the the benefits, the the big time benefits that the city, the economy, the businesses in the area. That that's one of the things about this location is I wonder, you know, is that closeable? Are that could they make that so you know people could stay downtown? And kind of have a walkable situation mm. into downtown. That was part of the reason I liked that site that was right. west of Haymarket Park. This isn't far from being able to do that. And, and um, you could have trolley or you know some type of yeah shuttle service. I mean, I think that would be because how many times are you at these games, Caleb? You can probably speak to this. How many times you're at these games? You're at a, a, a tournament that you come in town for, and you got you've got a game, and then you got three hours, and then you've got another game. Right. right, and if, and if it's somewhere them. that you have to go, that you have to drive to, then you're dealing with one the traffic back and forth, two the parking once you get there. Right, so that it becomes a big mess. If they can make any part of this walkable or in in a space that is easily you can run shuttles between, right, that it that would separate it from what you've got in most of those communities that I mentioned, especially Carney. if it's yeah if it's if it is in an area where you have a big business eating bar entertainment mm-hmm. district bring back the trolleys entertainment district that is basically not not quite exactly adjacent but accessible either by walking or yeah who knows maybe there's some other some other mode of transportation there i think that would i mean council bluffs is another one i mean the nebraska state the nebraska state youth <laughs> baseball tournaments Every year my son played at them. You know where they were played? Not in Nebraska. Council Bluffs, Iowa. The state tournament. Council Bluffs, Iowa, every mm-hmm. single year. So, anyway, that that uh, is a, it's been a long time coming. It will be interesting to see some of the details of uh, of that today. Uh, let's see. That, other... That's, by the way, is at 10 o'clock out there. 10 o'clock. Oh, 10 o'clock. I'll be out there. Follow me on Twitter for Oh, you're going to be out there? Okay, I'm cool. Going out there. Very cool. Uh, as Mark. Long, as long as uh, our friend shows up today to grab his Team Jack microphones in time. <laughs> I can um, I can I can help with that if we need to. Uh all right. There we go. Oh my gosh, should I take the whole segment up on that? I'm sorry. I was I, I, had, a, I had a lot of thoughts on that. That's been a big That's topic good. on this show for a long time. So we'll get more thoughts I'm from excited. you on it in morning drive probably. All right, yeah, we probably will and all the other things that are going on. By the way, tomorrow you're missing National Coffee Day. Oh man. And scooters. 
with their app, A Free Cup. Tomorrow. Oh, there you go. Mark, giving scooters a little love here. Does that cup I, come with the coffee? Unfortunately, they don't have one in Elwood. They don't have a... a I know. I was just trying to make you... Fighting for coffee there is, is get, always... You get good coffee situation. here and... I think I'm going to bring my own like thermos like I'm going on the job site or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's 624. We will take a break. Telling K today with Jack and Friends. We've got sports next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Iron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Yes, it is. We're asking you this week when are the first points scored in the game on Saturday between Nebraska and Indiana to be one of the people who gets an official guess. You've got to text in that keyword, and you might get selected. The keyword today to text into the Rick Stein Recognition text line is... Fumble! Fumble, F-U-M-B-L-E, fumble. Text that in to 402-479-1400, which is that Rick Stein Recognition text line, and you will be among the pool of people uh, who will be eligible to get that pick which you'll make a little bit later today. We'll announce both of the picks at the end of the show, and then another uh, two chances at 6.35 and 8.10 tomorrow. And every day that we've got a show, Ooh. your chance to win big on Fantasy Huskers. Oh, tomorrow. We will tomorrow. just have... You'll just do two at 6.35. Two of them at 6.35, and uh, those winners will be contacted, and those results will go up on KLIN.com since we won't have a time to right. announce them. And we'll uh, talk about them on Friday. So, yeah. Only, okay, so on, tomorrow's only one at 6.35, but normally most other... Because yes. we have the Team Jack Radiothon starting at 7. But most uh, most of the time, or really every other day, we'll be doing two of them, one at 6.35 and 8.10. So be listening. But again, for right now, fumble. Text that into 402-479-1400, the Rickstown Recognition text line, and get yourself a chance to get a pick. All right. Sound off. Hurricane Ian is uh, going to be a real significant newsmaker over the next 24, 48 hours. And the Florida Gulf Coast, we're starting to get a little bit better idea of 
just how intense this is going to be and when and where it's going to have the most impact. We got some new information from the National Hurricane Center tonight. None of it is good, unfortunately. This is going to be a devastating major hurricane strike in southwest Florida. The latest information, maximum winds at 120 miles per hour, a Category 3, but one that's forecast to intensify into a Category 4 before landfall. All of these intense bands that have been moving across south Florida, we've seen a couple dozen tornado warnings already. Already, that's a threat. All right, so yeah, they are. They were already having some um, some inches, uh, some problems with that in the in the Miami area. You're looking at some of the areas where they're talking about having the the peak surges. Um, it's actually uh, Tampa. T- it looks like Tampa is kind of the um, the northern end of when it starts peaking beyond that. So places, if you're familiar with that area, which I'm not totally, but uh, going down to uh, Inglewood, Bonita Beach, um, those are those are some areas. So a little bit south of Tampa, it looks like where some of the most significant storm surge forecasts, and they're talking about with those, Caleb, they're talking about uh, twelve to sixteen feet. Ooh, uh, with that, so you wow. can imagine the, the 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 potential damage that 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 could actually do. So. Um, yeah, and, and and then the the timing uh, with this is it it looks like we're talking about um, over the course of like I said the next twenty four forty eight hours when the most impact is going to be having Thursday morning Thursday throughout the course of the day as well. So uh, something that I saw um, and I know the the White House has already uh, taken some steps. In fact, this was, this was a, a rare thing you see, but. Uh, DeSantis was on on Hannity the other night, and like I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say he was like laying it on thick, but he was uh kind of complimenting the the Biden administration and how they've preemptively dealt with some of these things. I was like, what? Huh. Wait, what's going on? We don't do this here. What, what's happening? Huh. So I it was it was nice and and sometimes odd, you gotta to like when people, you when you, you know, need help people coming together and yeah sometimes you gotta reel yeah. it in a little bit and in, in order so. to, to help the most people I'm glad we can still still do that on i mean i don't know if they did a great job or what i just thought it was interesting that that desantis uh, would would come out on on hannity show and say something like that uh, all right what do we got uh let's get through the political stuff here first hey is the senate gonna pass this electoral count act are they gonna get republican votes on this, I mean, it seems like they should, but uh, uh, but you know, just given the political climate right now, there's some questions about whether that will actually happen. Well, looks like Mitch McConnell is in for this thing, and being the Republican leader here, that might be enough to get it the votes that it needs in the Senate. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell supports amending the 1887 Electoral Count Act. The chaos that came to a head on January 6th of last year strongly suggests that we find careful ways to clarify and streamline the process. The bill would raise the threshold for members of Congress to object to a state's slate of electors and clarify how states send electors to Congress. Texas Republican Ted Cruz says the bill is all about Donald Trump. And nobody in our lifetimes has driven Democrats in this body more out of their mind than President Trump. The House passed similar but more sweeping changes earlier this month. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Um, maybe you saw this. A uh, a man from Iowa got one of the uh, more stiff sentences yesterday for, of all of the January 6th uh, rioters who were there. And also, man, 
the the judge in that case, there was a lot of drama in the courtroom with the sentencing on on this one. I'll just say that and let let Jack Callahan tell you more about it. Kyle Young was sentenced to seven years in prison for his role in the January sixth riot at the Capitol. He'd pled guilty to assaulting a D.C. police officer. Federal Judge Amy Berman Jackson said he was a one man wrecking ball that day. Young tearfully apologized to the officer in court and said, "I hope someday you forgive me." Not likely, as now retired officer Michael Fanone told Young he hopes he suffers in prison. Fanone says he was grabbed, beaten, and tased, which led him to having a heart attack that ended a 20-year career as a D.C. police officer. Jack Callahan, Fox News. Yeah, so among the things that you had with with all of that, so the guy's from Redfield, Iowa, by the way. So that's Dallas County okay. from, from uh, Redfield. I stayed in Redfield one year when I rode in Ragbri, not to brag, but yeah, I... I did that, but he had already uh, pleaded guilty back in May at this point. And so this was, this was the, the sentencing phase of this. And they let, they let Fanone talk about that in, in, uh, kind of a victim impact statement. And the court, he said, the assault on me by Mr. Young cost my career. It, it cost me my faith in law enforcement. Many of the institutions I dedicate two decades of my life to serving. Um, Addressing him directly, he said, I hope you suffer in prison. Then there's a spectator in the courtroom who yells back at him, not not the defendant, but a spectator in the, the courtroom calls Fanon an expletive. They they have a stare down at that point. They escort the the onlooker, the spectator, mm-hmm. out of the courtroom at that point. Um and young, you know, I guess to his credit, if that's the right thing to say, is he he said, I know you've hurt uh, over what happened to you, and I'm so, so sorry if I could take it back, I would. Um, and so he, and then you had the judge, uh, Amy Burmer Jackson, who, I mean, she, she then uh, kind of, she went off a little bit, too. She said it, um, it is not patriotism. It's not standing up for America to stand up for one man who knows full well that he lost instead of the Constitution he was trying to subvert. Um, and she said, it's worse. It's become heresy for members of the former president's party to say otherwise. Ooh. So this is that was uh, that was that was something. Uh, all right. What else do we have going on? Today, ah, yes, the list of richest Americans. Oh, yeah, always the time list to see of where ri- I fall. Let's see if we made it. Uh, let's see. G- good news for Elon. Bad news for the Zuck Ooh. on this list. For the first time, Elon Musk wins the crown among America's wealthiest individuals. Meanwhile, Facebook co-founder Mark Zuckerberg, last year's number three, fell out of the top ten for the first time since 2014. The 51-year-old Musk, who also wants to conquer the field of space exploration, was ranked tops worth $251 billion, putting him way ahead of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, who ranked second with $151 billion. Last year, Bezos claimed that title while Musk came in second. The top five richest Americans include Musk, Bezos, business magnate Bill Gates, Oracle co-founder Larry Ellison, and billionaire investor Warren Buffett. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Glad to see Buffett still on there. Yeah. Still. I, I get worried he's going to be uh, I'm going to be he's going to be pushed off of that thing. Man, from third to outside the top ten. Yeah. Um, 
but yes, the 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 list here: Elon Musk, yeah, uh, Bezos, Gates, Larry Ellison, Software Buffett, Larry Page, who's the Google guy, Sergey Brin, Google guy, Balmer from Microsoft, Bloomberg, uh, Jim Walton from Walmart, make up the uh, the top ten on that one. So Buffett comes in at five. Other notable names in the top: uh, Charles uh, uh, Coke from Coke Industries. Obviously, that's one that you've probably heard of. Uh, Alice Walton, another one from Walmart that's on there. Phil Knight at 17 from Nike. Um, Let me see if there's any other ones that you would know or find interesting in here. Uh, Now I'm down. Now I'm down to some people that we just don't know. Jerry Jones from Dallas Cowboys is 44. Yeah. Jerry Jones. There's a a name. Uh, Stanley Kroenke. Uh, he's at number forty-eight. Is this the top fifty or top one hundred? It goes way. It's lo- It's a long list. I was like, I want to know what is it to get on this list. Well, let me see how. Uh, how I'm gonna see how far it goes. Like, what is the bottom number Jeez. it takes to even be listed with this? It is. I'm down into the. I'm da- okay. I'm da- into the f- almost four hundred here. Oh, jeez. So is it a top five hundred list? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm getting to the. I keep pressing scroll over to see how many of these that there are. Wow. Uh, <laughs> let's see. This three. Jeez, this is a long list. I, you may be on here, Caleb. At this point, <laughs> three eighty-eight is where it goes. Okay. Three eighty-eight. Roger Wang is number three eighty-eight. How much does Roger Wang? Hey, Wang. What's he valued at? Uh, two point seven billion. Okay. Okay. So you hit a couple of you hit a couple of those big mega millions jackpots. You probably got to hit two. But with you, taxes, you probably got to hit. Four. You start. You get into the others receiving votes. I would say. Okay. If you actually, <laughs> if you actually do that. Dang. So yeah, you can actually get there. Wow. By the way, Donald Trump got in. Got it. Got in at. And he got in at three forty three. Yeah, it's still there. Got in at 343 on this whole thing. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. All right, what else do we have uh, going on? This is interesting. I'll have to keep looking at that. Hey, there's Jim Ursay, 327, owner of the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. A little bit higher than Trump. Um, okay, let's get a couple more of these here. Ah, yes. Shortage. Uh, the entire summer, Caleb, it felt like every day or two on the sound off, we'd have a new item that was either going way up in price or there was a shortage of. Mm-hmm. It's been a little better lately. Um, but this one, I don't mean to alarm you as we get closer to the holidays when this item is maybe even more demand for those, you know, for that baking that you or your your grandma or your mom or I guess your dad might do. But you might want to make sure you've got plenty of butter in the house. Oh, no. The price of butter is heating up as Americans start planning their holiday pies and cookies. The price of butter jumped 24.6% in August over the previous 12 months, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. The Wall Street Journal reporting lower milk production on American dairy farms, coupled with labor shortages at processing plants, has impacted butter output with cold storage facilities having the lowest amount of butter since 2017. The same report says butter Prices reached $4.77 per unit in August, the most expensive price in five years. Some milk producers are even warning retailers not to discount butter too much during the holidays. Gianna Jalosi, Fox News. I'm going to have to just start churning my own. That's a good thought. It's a good thought. Get one of those uh, those Havoc and Dairy cows. Yeah. 
I've been uh, I've been do, trying to trying to lose some lbs, and I've been back on something that I haven't used for a long time, and I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but I'm back on the spray butter. Okay. Uh, which is is the, is the price of I can't believe it's not butter going up? Uh, I haven't noticed it. It's it's still fairly cheap. It's still fairly cheap. It's it, it's it's a suitable substitute, but it's not the real thing. Right. Uh, I miss a giant pad of melted. But oh, sorry. I need to quit doing this. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm dealing very well. You're doing with great. The, with this situation. Yesterday, you saw one donut on TV. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, get off me! I'm starving. <laughs> uh, all right. Last, but last, but not these. Have you noticed how many Jeffrey Dahmer things are coming out a right weird now? Amount. Like. I know the one big Netflix one is the one that a lot of people are talking about, but mm-hmm. like I go through my Amazon on my Amazon TV, there's like four different choices for Jeffrey Dahmer thing. But which, by the way, none of them I want any part of, <laughs> none whatsoever. But it's gotten so much that the, the the families of the victims are like, "Can you stop, please?" The family of the victims of serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer are speaking out over the new Netflix series, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. 19-year-old Errol Lindsay was among Dahmer's 17 victims. His death especially brutal as Dahmer drilled a hole in his skull before pouring acid into it and decapitating him. Lindsay's cousin, Eric Perry, wrote on Twitter, I'm not telling anyone what to watch. I know true crime media is huge right now, but if you're actually curious about the victims, my family are pissed about the show. He added, it's re-traumatizing. Over and over again. And for what? How many movies, shows, documentaries do we need? Michelle Polino, Fox News. Uh, I, I stumbled on the trailer for that thing. And I want to give a big H no to watching that one. That's an absolute Yikes. No. Absolute no. Y- that trailer was enough for me to be. Ugh. Yeah. But, you know, I guess kudos to you if that's your thing. I've never been into any of the, the true crime stuff anyway. No, some people get way, way, way into it. Like I didn't even do the what was the one that it was everyone was obsessed with for a oh, while. Oh, that had making Zach a murderer. No, the the making a murderer. Oh, the making one. a murderer yeah, stuff. I never yeah. watched that. But but no, I got no interest in the the Dahmer stuff. So especially after I hear his family say that. Yeah. Or the the victims' family say that. I should say. All right, forty seven degrees in the capital city. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. They done it. And now LPD needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. All right, Officer Chad joins us right now. The head on, uh, on L- like <laughs> What's that? The head banging you guys are doing. Yeah. I wasn't. Oh, you you were too, sir. Yeah, do, you, do you like... Uh, do you like... Documentaries on crime and that sort of thing, or do you get en- enough of that? Do you get well, enough of that in I real get, life? I get more than enough of it, uh, especially because my 13 year old daughter, love you, Kara, uh, you got to quit watching cops. Can't stand that. <laughs> wait, show. she's watching. Wait, she, she what? Like the new reboot of, yes, of cops? She watches that and on patrol live. Oh, yeah. The, the, the live PD one. Yes, that one that, drives I, me crazy. Frankly, that one was fascinating. I haven't seen it for a while, but that was fascinating. It, where they like went to a studio and they're like, all right, we're going to take you to Illinois now. See, and that's got something exactly developing. what drives me crazy about it. You don't like it? No, it's not a football game. Ah, man, no. man it's tough lives. not to get into it, man. No, I, I found it pretty easy. Okay. Do, right. do, you, do, you, right, watch, do you watch and like break everything down like, like you're the, the analyst? 
Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. I get a little irritated about it too. Can you imagine the people who have somebody following them the whole night long on their on their shift with a camera? Uh, like, we had, we actually had that a few years ago here in Lincoln. It was a MTV show. Um, ah, geez, I, I Beavis and Butthead. No, oh, that I would have those guys. Yeah. Uh, no, we we had an MTV show that followed a few officers around, and yeah. Um, ended up having to to end it unfortunately but no i think it would drive me crazy to have cameras around all the time um i not that i'm not that i would be worried about what i was doing right now that it's just just, yeah i don't need a camera in my face all the time i get it i get it (laughs) all right speaking of cameras in people's faces lincoln crime stoppers uh what do we have on there this week uh first one we have is close up on a credit card fraud um folks the video and pictures on this are about as clear as we're gonna get uh, the victim in this case said he had some people over for a little get-together party at his house near 17th and H. He falls asleep. When he wakes up, his wallet's missing, checks his accounts, figures out, hey, there's already some pending unauthorized charges on the credit card at Super C at 17th and L. Um, they have easily some of the best security Jeez. cameras that I've ever That's seen. Like 5K video. Yes, they are. They are amazing. <laughs> 3D glasses to watch this, and I'll get and even more. My goodness. NASA actually put together that Holy camera cow. work. Well, the, the pictures almost look like publicity headshots too. I mean, they're <laughs> that good. So, hey, great job. Great right. job, Super C. Super C at 17th and L. Great. Yeah. You, you'll get to be seeing very much if you're doing something over there. All right, what else we got? Uh, all right, we'll try and get through this one without gig one. Clean up on aisle poo. Oh, what? You heard me. Clean up on aisle poo. This is at Menards? This is at Menards. South Lincoln Menards. Customer comes around the corner, sees a gentleman pulling his shorts up in an aisle discovers this gentleman had defecated on one of the shelves. The feces had then fallen down onto the items below the shelf and onto the floor. Understandably, this gentleman left the store without saying a word to anybody, gets into a newer white pickup, looks to be like a GMC or a Chevy pickup truck, and then drove off. This is the picture of the guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thankfully, it's, this is That's just it. a headshot. Listen, just... Yeah, I mean, let's just be reason. Sometimes there are emergencies. We've all experienced a bathroom emergency, Dad. Um, yeah, we've we've all long story. We've all been there, but common courtesy is to a try and make it to the restroom, and b if you don't, please let somebody know. He gets his picture there. All right, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, maybe I should have warned you about that. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a new one. What, well, a, know, what I, I, a surprise if you're just looking for a screwdriver or something, and then, hey. Yeah, I don't think you want to pick that one up. That's not a Phillips or a flathead. <sighs> All right. I've got so many more comments, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> All right, check out LinkingCrimeStoppers.com, and uh, you can help out with the things that LPD's trying to work on. Thank you so much, Chad. Thank I appreciate you, gentlemen. It. 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. All right, 709 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us this September 20th, 2022, Wednesday mornings. We set aside time for you. Yes, we do set aside for times 
time for you to get it off your chest. Those little things that accrue during the week that kind of just rub you the wrong way, that make you frustrated, that make you mad. A lot of times, you know, frankly, most of the time on this segment, there are little things or things you probably live with, but there's just something therapeutic about actually saying them out loud, hearing some people say, yeah, that, that kind of bugs me too. And you end up going away from the whole thing by Wednesday at 730. You're like, hey, I'm ready to attack the day. I'm ready to go here. Thanks to what chaps your hide Wednesday. And that's the thought behind this segment. Oft misunderstood, but doing a great public service in Lincoln for a decade. Now, what chaps your hide Wednesday? Three ways that you can get in touch with us and share what is chapping your hide. There's the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today. We post weekly a uh, just a thread where you can talk about it there. You can also always text us, the Rickstein Recognition text line, 402-479-1400, or call us on that same number as well, which Debbie has done, and she goes first today on What Chaps Your Head Wednesday. Good morning, Debbie. What do you have this week for us? Well, good morning, but it's not necessarily a chap your hide. Okay. If you recall a month ago or so, I told you guys, that I bought pumpkin spice rawhide chews for my yes. dog. Remember? Yes, I and do you remember. Wanted, you wanted me to report back. I how did. I like them. Well, I waited until it felt like fall because <laughs> when I had them a month ago, it was probably 103. The dogs probably appreciated that. They're like, they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. this is not seasonal. <laughs> yeah. So I gave them to them, and guess what? They didn't like oh. them. The pumpkin spice at all, so I thought that you'd enjoy that. So I guess what cash my highs, I wasted the money on something they wouldn't. They wouldn't I got. So I got not rawhide shoes, but uh, I was at Trader Joe's the other day, and they had just like treats, like pumpkin spice treats, uh, like yeah. just edible treats. And, and my dog did like those. So if you still don't want to give up, I can I can put you that direction. If you still want to make All your right. dog into a seasonal being, so there I you go. I think I'll do that. I drive by there frequently. I'll try them. Out. All right. Okay, thanks. Good luck, Debbie. Debbie Bye. with the pumpkin spice dog. Uh, listen, uh, uh, here's what chaps my hide about being being a dog owner. Uh, 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 the, all of the I can buy all of the chew toys in the world. I can buy, you know, and they they, they can be very expensive. They, they can, can they can smell great. They smell like meat. They last a long time. They've got to have everything going for them. But there is still nothing nothing in my dog's mind that will be more exciting to him than someone's shoe or dirty sock. Uh, if they could duplicate the excitement of having a shoe or a dirty sock with the chew toys, I'd be I'd be in a great place. Right it's now. the it's the smells of and the, the salt. And why can't they do that with the chew toys? I, right. I don't I don't know what it is. Like I can get them interested in one of those for you know thirty seconds. Well, rub your butt on a chew toy and then salt it. I don't know. You know, figure it out. <laughs> what do you do with your shoes? <laughs> Uh, stick the chew toy un, up under your arm, you know, fasten it there for about a day and a half, two days. and yeah. We'll see. We will, uh, we'll see. But anyway, that's my, that's my chide hide chapping is that no, he is just not interested in any of that stuff. And we've got truckloads of it. Just get we got all these half chewed, half chewed sticks and crap get a, like that. Get a big old beef or bison uh, knuckle bone. Maybe that maybe that would do it. I don't know. We're, I I I've still resisted. Like at Super Saver, they'll have these. You ever notice they have these big pallets right in the middle of these pigs' ears? Always. Mm-hmm. I've not gone that route yet, but um, I don't know the the fake raw the rawhide or whatever the fake rawhide stuff. 
I don't know, just not, just can't get him interested in it. Nope. But boy, he likes to bite my hand though when he's in a mood. <laughs> I got the scars to prove it. Can't wait for those puppy years to be over. It'll be a very exciting moment for me. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, back to the phones. I guess Steve is next. Good morning, Steve. What's chapping your hide this morning? Hi guys. What bothers me is. When Nebraska voters vote to do something like the gaming thing, Mm -hmm. which would bring a lot of tax revenue into the state, uh, the government seems to be dragging their feet like every possible thing. A meeting is canceled. This happens. I don't think Governor Pete even really wanted it. But Nebraska could use the tax revenue. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of this whole thing when the when the voters end up the legislature doesn't do these things and the voters end up doing them. You are you have two sort of different agendas, and the state is doing something the voters have told them to do, even though you know. And and so, for instance, and I think what he's talking about is that you had the delay originally from open up the gaming thing, and then uh, you you know, for instance, they're still figuring out the rules about the sports wagering. And so they can't get that started because mm-hmm. they've got to figure out all the rules about that as well. Just, so you know, it's an ongoing chap. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 just get a copy of the Iowa rules and do uh, uh, edit, find and replace, and put in Nebraska. I mean, it's not. I'm that not difficult. sure that I, I don't. Know, maybe right, well, maybe another state, Kansas. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> Oh yeah, we we don't find and replace the right stuff, and suddenly all of the tax dollars go to fix oh. Iowa roads. By the way, speaking of Kansas, we have a special mark just to give you a heads up. This is a tease just for you. We've got some special Kansas content today on Morning Drive that that really? I want to get to. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't I don't know if you heard this, but yes. Uh, all right, let's go to the text line. Kristen Olathe says, "My chap is with listeners." He says, "Last Friday, who do not appreciate the Husker Tailgate Show." I think we got that worked out last Friday. I think it was just a mis- miscommunication on, uh, on what the tailgate was. You know, it is. I I, I will uh, I will absolutely say this in in complete honesty. It is hard because I know we've got some listeners who love you know like Chris and others that I've heard from who who love kind of the, the, the break from everything and just do football on Fridays. We've got some other listeners who are not necessarily huge football fans, um, or they were and they're not anymore, and they like the they like how the show goes day-to-day, norm, the, the normal week-to-week, and you change it for one day and they don't like it. And I will say, this is just me being completely vulnerable and honest about it. Sometimes I don't, like, I don't know what to... And I don't necessarily have the final choice, but I'm torn about the whole thing. Sometimes I like, I mean, I, I certainly enjoy me personally. I enjoy doing the football thing. It's, it's a nice break from the real world, uh, for me sometimes. Um, but I hear you and, and I, I hear both sides on this thing. And it's, you know, Mark, it's, uh, it's radio decisions. You, it is. You just, you're, it's, it's, it's hard to make everybody happy. And, and that seems to be one of them. It's like but, when uh, when we go, you know, full bore on severe weather. People want to hear the syndicated the, the regular show. programming, uh, right? You know, yep. but there's a, there's a very large public uh, need for information, yep. and I I, I would I would say if you have a, a strong opinion on it, don't be afraid to share it uh, with me. Um, I can't I can't gear, I, I, 
it will impact the way you know the discussion and and how it's thought of. But I can't always, I can't always guarantee that your the thing that you want is going to be the thing that everybody wants. No, but unfortunately, hearing from people is a lot better than yep. just people being PO'd. Yeah, I agree. I agree too, and I'm glad Chris likes it. Hey, I will say this. You guys are downloading that podcast like you are out of your minds right now. Caleb, yes. The Friday Husker, I mean, the 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 Friday Husker tailgate podcast. Unfortunately, the Jack Mitchell podcast had been dominating the KLIN website until football season started, and now it's, whoo, those Friday Husker tailgate podcasts are setting records. Yeah, yeah there they are. There was a little are, controversy, uh, too, that was uh, talked about. Yeah, but, I mean, even, the, yeah. Spiked it up. Well, don't. None of that has anything to do with the with the podcast part of it, though, because the numbers were already in. They were there for area. that, but yeah, before all of that. So, all right, uh, Southern Snow. Um, let's see. Just says they have a new phone number, so they just make sure they get the nickname. Which happens to decide selfish people in the roundabout at Folsom and A that don't wait their turn. <laughs> meaning, meaning that I assume what he means is that you expect the person who's already in the roundabout to yield to you when you get into it. I assume that's what he means there, having driven. Right? Does that sound right to you, Mark? Um, I'm trying say that again. I can't find that one. So. Uh, it, he says, "What Chapman had is the selfish people in the roundabout at Folsom and A that don't wait their turn." That sounds like people trying to shoot a yeah. gap. That's not right. There. Meaning they're not. Yeah. They're not. They're not waiting. Yeah, exactly right. They're not. They're. They're making someone who's in the roundabout actually slow down. Yeah. So they can get in it's a simple process everyone it's such it's a simple pro- especially the ones that don't have two lanes yes which i don't know about the one at Folsom and a um but it's it's a very simple process uh and and you know what mark i did it again i drove what was i out there for i can't remember i drove down yankee hill <laughs> you uh, get a little oh i went down yankee hill because 70th is close to get out to hickman so i went down yankee hill did all the roundabouts and you know what i did when i went through everyone i didn't i didn't curse once I instead said, thank you for not having a stoplight here. Thank you for not having a four-way stop here. Thank you. You know, that, roundabouts. I just find it hard to believe that you would th- say thank you that many times. I did. Okay. Well, I only went from 70th to 84th, so I didn't Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that wasn't, there was what, uh, <sighs> half a dozen? Uh, not quite that many. Let's see. Uh... Ryan says, the fact that our city is now putting in baseball and softball fields and my kids are just about past that stage while I've already spent thousands of dollars traveling across the country for other cities' facilities. Ryan, I am with you on that. I am glad they are doing it. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, but I am I am like months out of months out of my time as a, a youth. My, my daughter doesn't play softball. She's more into volleyball. It, and so my youth baseball career, at least as a parent, maybe someday as a grandparent, will keep going. But yes, I will see none of the direct benefit. But hopefully, I'll see the economic development benefit. But yeah, it it was it the announcement coming at ten today. We're going to talk more about it in the morning drive. And I'm glad they are doing it. But boy, it's been something that was just in in terms of the amenities rec area. I can't. I can't think of much that would have been more needed, more frequently used, and more of an economic impact than than something like this. Is this, and I'm probably going to chop some people with this comparison, is this comparable to the student loan debt forgiveness 
Why? 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 <laughs> why should my tax dollars that, go towards this if I don't get to benefit from it? Not the worst. I spent my money that's doing my time traveling across the region. Ryan and I spent time going to Fremont and going to Aurora and going to oh, going to Hastings. We don't know how much public, public versus private money is. Oh, going we'll to, find out. Well, today. I know. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just but I'm just saying maybe if there's any public at all, it yeah. becomes. Oh, well, my tax dollars go to that. This is a good one from Todd. <laughs> good morning, guys. Todd here. What chaps my hide is the little handle, not really sure what it's called, that you grab to unzip your fly on pants shorts, and it rotates downward when you unzip and it gets stuck. It's always a pain to re-grab if to zip up. I think I know what he's talking about. Like if it, it's called a zipper pull. That was gonna, like, a, a, a zipper pull. Right? But I mean, he's talking about when it's at the bottom yeah, and, and it gets stuck in like the it's, material. It's, it's got a little lock piece and, on it, and, and then you've got to grab. You've got to use your fingers and do one of these. Yeah, you have to, to grab, grab like, the, the inside and the outside I'm, and I'm, pull I'm, it up out of the out of the material to actually do it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, men go through a lot. Yeah, there's men go through a lot. People don't talk about these things, <laughs> but we go through a lot trying to keep those zippers up. <laughs> Watch out what you grab. Uh, all right. Should we go to the Facebook page? What do we have? I think that's all. Pumpkin, not pumpkin. That's what Greg said. Yes. You say that on the Facebook page? Yeah. Yes, it's not pumpkin. Oh, what's wrong, <laughs> pumpkin? <laughs> Thank you, Craig. I am with you on that one. Uh, and Rich, I absolutely uh, understand, Rich. Rich says, when I have a birthday and realize my prime is in the rearview mirror. Yeah. The best is it's yet a, to come, it's Rich. It's a mindset. Come on, The best Rich. is yet to. Mike says, people want Urban Meyer to be the next Huster coach. <laughs> And then Christy says, or Matt Campbell. Uh, let's see. Logan says, when people try to destroy, destroy others for standing up for the employees, oh, and politics and the rise of crime and murders in the city. Yeah. Uh, Martin says, certain schools selling, telling certain personnel they can't be on certain shows for an extended <laughs> period of time. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about that. Thank you. Uh, Will says, using the FBI to go after political enemies. There we go. Good. Let's get some national politics on there. Let's go. Um, all right. That's it for the Facebook page. No, there's two more. Where, Patsy, you, Patsy and Roger both talk about the streets. You go, what, what do you know? I can't see them all on this. I have, to, I have eight different options on the variety yeah. of posts I can or can't yeah, see. Patsy so says, can you read them? Uh, Patsy says Lincoln's rough streets, and Roger says, who decides the streets getting fixed in Lincoln? For two weeks, Randolph Street was closed in front of my church. City paved the whole street, which is fine. But Vine Street was closed between 66th and 70th for two weeks, and all they did was a patch job, and it's still rough and full of bumps. Hey. Oh, go! Sorry, finish up. Sorry, I didn't mean so to they interrupt. They paved the whole street for two weeks. They're doing they're doing resurfacing. It. Uh, I shouldn't say this. Probably they're doing resurfacing in my neighborhood now. They're putting up like the no temporary no parking signs everywhere along the curbs, and so they're going to be apparently they're doing some of that in in some of the neighborhoods. And uh, well, if you want a rough that, ride, so. take the right lane sure eastbound on Cornhusker from anywhere to anywhere. That's what my Tinder profile used to say. Wow. Oh, all my stuff last oh. week about weekend fling week and uh, that is oh. caleb is just fanning himself it's just uh, it's scott just not jeff says him. i don't act like the grammar police for a lot of things but what chaps my hide is that there is no x in the word especially <laughs> i i assume he means the people who pronounce it like there is who an pronounce x, it x, yeah, x especially oh i got we could do a what chaps hide sometimes just on that stuff mm-hmm 
just on that stuff. The still the continued misuse of apostrophes is just and commas. And commas. Where are we as a show? Are we pro Oxford comma? Because I am. Uh, I, see, I was taught not to not to use the Oxford and that, that's comma. That's fine. So I'm I'm okay. That's the same know. thing. Like if you were at least taught that, and then Wait, that became. But do you I, know what else I was taught that that I, gets frowned on now? Double two, space. Two spaces after a period. Two spaces after a period. I had that hammered in my head. I still can't get rid of it. I can't either. Are you really? Yeah. What about you? And as far as Oxford commas, I, I've listened to enough English stuff over the last month. <laughs> no more English. Now they're out. No more UK stuff. <laughs> uh, spoken like a true Yale man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, 725. That is it for what Chaps You can keep sending them in. We'll throw them in throughout the course of the show to the Rick Stein recognition. Text the line at 402-479-1400. Take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIA. Oh, yeah. All right, without any further ado, let's get it started with... We're five. Major announcement planned for 10 this morning. A lot of big hitters. Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, uh, the 2015 Vision Committee. President of Nebraska Wesleyan, the Mayor Krista Yoakum, who's a Lancaster County Commissioner, Representative Olson and Associates. Uh, oh, and uh, Darren Erstad, former Husker baseball head coach. Looks like uh, a baseball soft, softball complex going to be uh, announced for the southeast corner of Cornhusker and Hurst. So, uh, Caleb and I got this press release yesterday morning. And when you saw who was going to be there, where it was, it was not difficult to put the puzzle pieces together. And just the conversation that has been had on this show and elsewhere about the need and desire, uh, especially with Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, for something like this to come to Lincoln. It's been a long slog in actually getting it to happen, finding the land finding kind of the, the partnership that you need for it to happen. And we still don't have those details. So that's probably the most interesting thing today is mm-hmm. what does that partnership look like? What does the funding look like? But Matt Olberding did have a story, and kudos for him for kind of getting the story, uh, confirming that 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 is what this is going to be. And, and the thing that I thought, you know, when I saw Nebraska Wesleyan was a part of it, I thought, ah, yes, they also have not been having, they have not had the greatest places Look, it's great they've been able to use Wood Park, Woods Park. Um, I played a lot of youth baseball games on that field over the years, uh, but they're they're a college baseball program. They probably would would like to have, and, and probably same for their softball program as well. Who I believe is playing over there at U and I place in the fields over there. So they probably have been looking for something better. So when you saw that, along with Darren Erstad, you knew this is probably what they were talking about. I think that's a great area to do this. I think it I think it ups the sort of the touristy value of it because it is so close to the downtown area. It is so close to Haymarket Park, right? It is it is so close to so many places when people come out of town that they're going to go into the city and and it's easy to get to from the interstate as well. Um, and so I've always I always kind of thought maybe that area just west of Haymarket Park would be the place to do it. This is not far from there. Um and, and like Mark and I were talking about, if they do it, walkable or easy to get to downtown Lincoln, restaurants, bars, movie theaters, entertainment. How about the area just to the south of the lake? This is just north of, uh, what's the lake's name? I'm drawing a blank. Oakley. Uh, Oakley. Yeah. Oakley. Uh, um, just to the south there. Why not put up the uh, middle part of the country, flyover country, uh, Lincoln Memorial? Yeah, there we go. So that you could walk from... 
Haymarket up to a game and then stop at the touristy Lincoln Memorial thing. Maybe. Maybe. But Another reason to get off the interstate and onto the little interstate. I, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, you. Can, I, I'm looking at the Google Map area right now, and yeah, it's just that... That area, right? This is this would be that area that's north of. Uh, so it would be if if I'm looking at my map right here, this would be the uh, southwest, or excuse me, I should say southeast of first in in, in yes, Cornhusker. That's where it's taking place. That, that would exist right there, and so would also be a good, right off of I right off of of I one eighty and Cornhusker um, just west and take a left. Yep, yep, and Cornhusker there. So. That is like I'm trying to look at at kind of the. You look at Google Earth. That's what I'm looking at it, right it, now. It's it's a pretty good sized uh, parcel of land. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and and I do wonder what kind of connection they would be able to make into some of those you know those those touristy areas if you if you can kind of get into get into the downtown area, get into Haymarket Park from there, all of those sorts of things. Um, but uh, uh, you know, it's 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 if you are talking about entertainment, recreation, amenities that Lincoln would have, that Lincoln could do and would have utilized and has a need for. I mean, I honestly can't think of a, I can't and would have a significant economic impact. I.e., the investment would result in dollars coming into the city. I can't think of a better one right now. And and there might be people say, well, you know, Jack, you're you're biased because you you know you had a you had a kid play baseball through these years. Well, yeah, I, I mean I am, but part of it was constantly, constantly, constantly going to Seward and York and Kearney and Hastings and Aurora and Des Moines, Iowa and Council Bluffs, constantly and almost never playing in Lincoln um, for these events and Omaha and and traveling out there and staying in those places and seeing people from all these other communities every weekend going there and doing the, those those same things and realizing okay this just it, it's rarely happening in Lincoln occasionally you'll get a tournament that they can put out there at Densmore or something like that but for a city the size that Lincoln is for the popularity right now and the investment potential and economic development that comes along with youth sports and Lincoln's done a good job and I'll say this uh, Lincoln private partners have done a good job with uh, basketball and volleyball I think mm-hmm. some of the other sports that are that are out there I'd be curious what soccer people think I'm not sure what the thought is there but basketball and volleyball is a lot better now there's just for better or for worse there is so much money in youth sports so much money in youth sports from an economic development perspective I'm going to be most curious about when I go to this later this morning Obviously, they'll they'll probably have some some artist renderings of what they they expect it to look like. What is it going to look like? Is, how many? Yeah. How many fields? Is it going to be done right? Is it going to be done in a way that yes, by having these newer fields, you'll automatically attract tournaments? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be something to where you can be one of the bigger tournaments? Yeah. Is it going to be something that's nice enough that? It's not just, hey, there's fields here. Because this was something that I, I brought up a couple of years ago when they announced that they were going to do the, the Go Big project for Nebraska, which meant the outdoor track for the Huskers was going to have to be built somewhere else. I wanted to know, was that going to be built in such a way that you could bid for Lincoln to host state track and field, which we know how many people go to that 
up to Omaha Burke and, and into the Metro. That would be another boon for the city, and I just don't think that was done in such a way that you could host, say, track. Maybe I'll be wrong when they finally have it finished over there, but this is something that when we're seeing this built, is it going to be done in such a way that you can attract those top tournaments and those people from not just across the state, but really the region to come to Lincoln it's for this? going to depend on the facility. Yeah. Yeah, and, and how many. Yeah, I don't know that they've got the room for that many. I mean, you're not going to see anything, obviously, like you have in Ankeny with just like, I, I don't or think, Overland Park. I'm not saying like 12 fields. It'll be more like something you're seeing in, uh, you know, like Fremont or, mm-hmm. or, or Seward or, or something like that. But the cool thing is, though, again, I'm 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 looking at the Google Earth view, Mark, as as you had mentioned, mm-hmm. and there is almost already walking trails that can take you from from there. Like for instance, if you've gone to the Oak Lake Park for Fourth of July or something like that, right? There is already a walkway that goes from Oak Lake Park over Salt Creek into Haymarket into the Haymarket Park walkways, and then those walkways that go into the Haymarket. Yeah, so you, you, you stay in a hotel in downtown Lincoln, you can walk. It'd, to, be a, it'd be a good, good walk. But, yeah. but there's also, yeah, it'd be a decent walk. But then you also, accessible to the interstate, and you also have hotels along Cornhusker Highway, too. And, Absolutely. And, and what better place, if you have it out here, put in a, a scooter charging station. Electric scooters. <laughs> That's actually, you're right. And what about those yeah. autonomous uh, vehicles that we tested a few years ago? Could have them just on a back and forth. Now, the question will be... How's the funding being handled? Who are the? I mean, who exactly are the private partners in this? Um, uh, in Nebraska, Wesleyan's getting a, a home out of this. That's also great news for them and and their program as well. I think they. I'm sure they could very much use that. So. I was just looking at that Google Earth. You realize that the, between Haymarket and this parcel that you're talking about is also Star City BMX. They also have that yeah, yeah. Well, they also have that remote that radio yeah. control racing park, which right. I wonder. Yeah. If what, what an ideal on, on that uh, one of those um, open parcels right in that area. It'd be a great yeah. spot for Coolcrest. Yeah. All right. Time to put a marina by that lake, too. Let people rent paddle boats, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Number four. Well, guys, people, uh, some people said uh, your Break the Curse event last month failed, but maybe we're just starting to hear about a success now. Part of the event, you brought back, of course, the 80s-style Herbie Husker mascot. Kind of a resurrection, and a month later, Rev. Albert's talking about some changes for Herbie. Bringing back old Herbie, complete with corn and overalls, but a modernized version. Uh-huh. I I love old Herbie. I want it to look as much like old Herbie as it can. I got a, I got a couple of hats with old Herbie on it. <laughs> I love old Herbie. Like I like my Herbie to be a little bit more stout. Okay, I think that's going to be one. I of like the, my Herbie wearing overalls. I like the corn. I like the old school hat that he's wearing. When they're talking the modern updates, I think the gut's one of the places that's going. What? See, I'd like, be mad. I will be mad if new Herbie is spelt. I don't think you're going to be you're going to be trim and fit like we've got with brown hair Herbie. Yeah, not okay. Yeah, at least has to be buff. But I would like him to be. I would like him to be. I'd like him to be strong. And large and powerful looking. I think, the, but not necessarily cut. The modern, kind of like me. The modern Herbie is going going to have had a couple less bush lights. Uh, I, I don't. I, I need the. I, I mean, I don't care about the OK sign. You can get rid of that. It's it's dumb. That how's about do we that, do this? We. I want the same face though. I want him the ho- face is great. I want him holding the hat because he's sporting a man bun. 
Maybe oh, get no. him a little okay. bit of a beard, some five o'clock shout out. Put we're a Rivian not, next to he's him. He's not going to be a hipster. He, he's out no. there. Yes, he is, he is cooking on the grill he, that pops listen, out from his Rivian. He better be at least in the orange section of the BMI scale. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Speaking of being in the section, uh, COVID-19 risk dial moved down to mid-yellow. Uh, still... Um, Moderate spread of the virus, but uh, numbers looking it's better. Yellow, really? Mid yellow, down All from right. high le- uh, elevated yellow. Uh, case numbers three nineteen to two eighty in the past two weeks, and seven day rolling averages on hospitalizations down from thirty six to thirty one. I feel like it used to be easier to get this thing to move down, but I, I, I mean, I think two things can be true. I think it's, I think it, I feel like that's overstating it a little bit right now. I know maybe the maybe the maybe the the city would come to me and the the health department would come to me and say, well, Jack, here's the here's the metrics, here's the details on this. But doesn't it feel like there were times, you know, when there were the lulls, like the summer? What was it? The summer of 2021, where it was down into green and it felt really not all that different than it did now in terms of some of those things. They maybe they'll have empirics, but the other thing that's true is I I can't find it in my Heart of hearts to get worked up about this either. I think the one thing that has changed is is the number of confirmed cases. These are lab confirmed cases, and they're down. But what they don't know is how yeah, many home, you know the self test cases. So maybe I think that's, that's probably why. We also it's didn't stayed. widely have vaccines available then either. So I mean, they were or much less widely available then at that point. That's right. In other times, it was in green. So. Now we got boosters and boosters and yeah. boosters for the boosters. Number two. Home prices falling for the first time in a decade. Bloomberg reporting national measure of prices in 20 large cities fell nearly four-tenths of a percent in July. The first drop since March of 2012. Last real estate crash ended in 2012. Had 10 years of gains since. And then pandemic frenzy buying. Federal Reserve, though, with their interest rates going up rapidly, that has really put a damper on this market. And yeah. Yeah, the whole equation is you're probably getting a mortgage if you're buying a home, and so you, where you're making up in, in in some of the sale prices going yeah, down, you're, you're you're getting it on the other end for your mortgage rate. Yeah, you're going up. And, uh, well, four point four percent drop in those prices is not going to make up for the higher mortgage rates. I, I would be double, curious. Mortgage rates have doubled. Good. Those prices have dropped four point four percent. Well, yeah, interest rates are Doubled. doubling and doubling. And, I yeah. would be interested just anecdotally from people in Lincoln, whether you're in the realty uh, industry or you've been buying or selling a home right now, is it still that in a lot of places, a lot of places it's a, it gets on the market and it's day of almost every time? Or is that dying a little bit? I think it's dying a little bit. Um, I am is, the supply, so- is the supply up more? So even though, because we're renting, so we're locked in until this next summer, I still look just to know what's available and what prices and we can plan. There are some that, yeah, the where some before, a couple months ago, I would go, oh, this looks really cool, and then two hours later it's sold or has an offer. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the heck? That just hit this morning. There are a lot more that are going a couple days or a week or some of them a couple weeks that you would have seen gone same day, mm-hmm. but they're still like they're still going. They're not sitting there forever, six months or however long your house was on the market before you guys got it. Yeah, that's still not yeah. that's still six not happening. Mu- my, my house was on the market six months. But I, I'm if also, there was a time a couple months ago, it wouldn't have stayed on the market six hours. 
Yeah, six minutes. Yeah, a, a few. Uh, I, I've got uh, an app that I looked at a couple just for pricing, and what I'm seeing in the area though is, uh, as you say, Caleb, sometimes it's taken a week, two weeks. But I'm also getting some alerts now that uh, uh, something I may have looked at said price drop. Ooh. You know. Yeah, which no. you are not seeing many of those. No. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, we're going to have Caleb be our guinea pig for this whole thing and over the course of the next year. We look forward to it. Yeah, hopefully that. <laughs> hopefully after the Fed raises interest rates <laughs> three more times between now and then. Over the next year. The year is 2026. Well, Caleb's still our guinea pig. Yeah, okay. Listen, all you got to do is raise about, well, I don't know, like $250,000, $300,000 cash between now and then. So then you don't even have to worry about the mortgage. Time to start the GoFundMe. <laughs> Number one. I don't have a clue what this one is. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is uh, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City yesterday talking about the branding of New York City and taking a shot across the bow at a state you've spent a lot of time in, Mark. Okay. He has ticked off the Sunflower State. We have a brand. New York has a brand. And when people see it, it means something. You know, when we go there, it's not, Kansas doesn't have a brand. (laughs) (laughs) The Sunflower State? (laughs) When you go there, okay, you're from Kansas. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, you know what? (laughs) But New York has a brand. They has a brand. Thoughts? Mayor's an idiot. (laughs) Mayor's an idiot. Mayor of New York City, you're yes. saying. Yes. yes. What is Kansas's brand? Sunflower State. The Sunflower State. Yeah, well, what's that mean? Exactly. Well, that's kind of their, you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not agreeing with the mayor of New York City, but. Little Apple's better. Yeah. Now, what... now all these states are going to be offering to take the mayor on a trip. to Kansas is going to try and get the mayor of New York City to come down there and spend a week in Kansas. Man, it's almost like when you just when you disparage offer. a state event and they invite you out to it, and then they golf cart you around and take you to the front <laughs> row of a of old timers no. day for a concert. <laughs> no, what they're going to do is take him to Garden City, which is proof that drug abuse was a problem in Kansas when they were naming cities. <laughs> All right, 757. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, you want your Fantasy Huskers pick for pick number six? Six. Six, pick number six. The word to text in at 402-479-1400. Rick's Down Recognition text line is... Blitz. Blitz. B-I-L-I, I know how to spell it. B-L-I-T-Z. B-L-I-T-Z. Uh, send in Blitz and you might get the pick, uh, number six, and uh, have a chance to play the game this week. All right. Hey, it's an Lincoln Symphony Orchestra concert coming up this Friday night, 730 at the Lead Center. And joining us right now, uh, not only Ed Palachuk, but a special guest. I'm going to have him introduced. But first of all, good morning, Ed. Welcome back to the studio. How fabulous it is to be back. It's great. It's Gosh, great. I, have, I felt like I haven't ever really left. Well, you know, you had been, you guys went like, you were on Zoom, you know, during the pandemic, you did Zoom, and yep. most of 
last year did Zoom, and uh, Ed told me he drove by our station today, and I'm like, Ed, you've been here like 200 times. <laughs> I know, but... It like, was... how does that even happen well, at this it's, point? it's actually a very simple explanation. The first thing, of course, is that I'm not awake, and the second thing is, is that you're driving from downtown. You, I didn't see a thing. I couldn't see the cars. I couldn't see the lights. It, all I saw was this, like, big yellow, no, white... Sounds... Sounds White like a ball picture of safety, but <laughs> glad, glad you made it. But here. I'm glad I made it in one piece. Uh, big concert coming up on Friday night. Tell us who your guest yep. is and who's going to be featured well, this, this week. This is awfully exciting, and I think that you know, my guys, if you haven't been ever to a Lincoln Symphony concert, you should come to this one because it's right. going to blow your mind. We have with us. We're very, very fortunate to have in our orchestra incredible soloists as our principals mm-hmm. and this is the first time that this gentleman is going to actually come out downstage in front of the stage instead of being way upstage although you you may not see him sitting there because he's so far back with the brass section but you can't miss his instrument and we're featuring golden lund as our principal tuba player in the tuba concerto by none other than john williams welcome nice. golden. golden thank you thanks for coming in today how you doing i'm doing great yeah. it's a pleasure to be here yeah you guys are normally you know the tubas are way in the back normally and we're maybe- in the back or we're not there at all yeah <laughs> and maybe you like and, and maybe you like that but well, how's it feel to be coming out for for the front for this and get this this opportunity this week well i tell you um you know last night was the first time i we, i played with the orchestra you know after months of just playing it on your own i tell you it was really exhilarating just to have the to to be there with the orchestra and and here interacting it was phenomenal because it's not a piece that anybody really knows. I mean, it's not you. You, you everybody knows John Williams. It's the, it's the John Williams who's the big, great film right. writer. We're yeah. celebrating his ninetieth birthday this year, but um, it's not a piece that's very familiar. And yet, the orchestra and Golden they clicked like this. I, I'm we're very excited about it. I, I mean, I've got to be honest, and and this is based on my you know amateurish you know knowledge of. Of, of of classical music and the things that you've done, but I don't know that I've heard of a whole lot of tuba concertos. I mean, is that is that rare? Is that is that pretty unique? Yeah, you're you're not gonna um, you're not gonna find that on most uh, you know big orchestra seasons to have a tuba concerto right. every year. <laughs> right, it's, 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 that's awesome. So good timing, it, huh? You yeah. know, it's it's interesting because um, one of Golden's mentors uh, was Craig Fuller. At, at the University of Nebraska here in Lincoln, correct? Yes, Am I yeah. got that right? And Craig used to be, I mean, he's another phenomenal tuba player, um, used to be our principal cello, uh, cellist, our principal tuba years ago, mm-hmm. when we were still in the, in the Kimball, Kimball mm-hmm. Recital Hall. And at that time, I actually did with, Craig, the Von Williams, Ray Von Williams tuba concerto. Those, and, and that was the only tuba concerto that I ever knew. Uh, I didn't know any others. Uh, but I remember saying, you know, Golden, you've been now in this hot seat in this orchestra for now several years. It's time to feature you and, and get, have our Lincoln Symphony audience get to know who you are. And it's, it's, you, you cannot believe what the tuba can, what this man can do well, on the tuba. So that's what I, that's what I'm interested in because you, you know the the tuba is is obviously used to provide that you know kind of that bottom. deep rumble, the the bottom of of it, and 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 those sorts of things. How when when you're featured in a concerto like this, how 
differently? Uh, I mean, you're, I assume you're playing a lot more melody than you typically do. So uh, how, how differently are you playing your instrument um, than, than you normally would as being part of the orchestra? Well, I, one example is the second movement. There's a lot of interaction between uh, me and the flute, and the flute's doing all these flourishes, and I'm doing them with him. I yeah. mean, back and forth. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, we have to work a lot harder to do those things, I think. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we try to keep our own with, with the rest of the instruments, and that's one of, I think, mis- the missions of tuba players is to help people... Uh, recognize that it's not just an upa instrument. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Which is what, yeah. exactly. We, we, and you know uh, what? What really amazes me, if you ever look at uh, the mouthpiece of a tuba, I mean, yeah, I, I basically could have my morning coffee. It, yeah, it's I know. Huge. I, it's I, huge. I play trumpet, and I I would see my friends who would play a tuba or or Bass sousaphone or, or, yeah, or, or something right, like exactly, that. Exactly. And I would be like, how do you guys even? How do you do the thing that I do with the trumpet? With my size, I just get lost right in it. Right, I probably, right. I just fall probably right, just fall right, right in. Exactly. What, uh, when you when you ended, when you ended up focusing on the tuba, when that became your instrument, was it something that did you try other things first? Did you did you begin with that? Uh, and and why were you drawn to it? Well, I started on the euphonium, which is like the my wife calls the baby tuba. The baby yeah. tuba. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Um, uh, you know, as a kid, it's pretty tough to start on the tube. It's such a big instrument. Right. But, I remember um, that in my middle middle school band, too. They, you had kids yeah. who did the euphonium. Yeah. Right. But right. actually, I think the biggest reason I, I went to tuba is because uh, uh, my dad played the tuba, and uh. I figured I'd eventually go to it. Um, but it's a similar story to everyone who plays the tuba. It's, uh, you know, I got to eighth grade, and no one else was playing the tuba, so <laughs> I just asked if I'd play, and I said, sure. It wasn't like, yeah, I really want to play the tuba. You don't sign me up. I'm going to get all the girls. And- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The right. girls dig the tuba players. <laughs> I, you know, I uh, my my daughter is in band and orchestra. She plays viola and, and saxophone, and I pick her up from uh, I pick her up. She's carrying her viola, her her saxophone out, and then I always see the kids who are carrying either the the tubas or the string bass, and I always think, now that is dedication Truly. to an instrument, especially as a young person, because you see all your friends carrying their clarinets or carrying their piccolos I was and say. all those and all those things, <laughs> and you've got like that that. Right there is sacrifice to be a tuba player. I'm sure uh, yeah. as as you grow up, yeah, well, and even and even to this day, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, it's a ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell, Literally, uh, uh, Golden. Tell me a little bit about about this piece, though, though specifically and especially. You know, people are people are familiar, obviously, with John Williams and and the Star kind of the Wars. cinematic stuff that that exactly. he does. What's what's this piece like? What are people going to like about it? Well, I I think they're. I th- the great thing about John Williams is is he composes complex music that's very uh, attractive and interesting to the um you know well-schooled musician but also very appealing to the general audience. Um I think that there are melodies that it, that uh, you can hum along to. Uh, um my wife tells me when I'm when I'm gone that that, that she still hears the the John Williams because my kids are always singing the, the, tunes, the tunes to it because <laughs> I'm playing it so much. I've been playing it so much at my house, so that's all they're up. hearing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, you'll hear a lot of uh, quite uh, uh, fast passages that um, that uh, you know are again. I think at the time that he wrote it were things that the tuba. Most people didn't think the tuba um, could do, and I think a lot of that is attributed to who mm-hmm. he wrote it for. Which was Chester Smith of the Boston Symphony uh, at the time, and um, so 
yeah, you'll hear a lot of um, really fast passages, a lot of very um, melodic, lyrical um, passages, a lot of wide leaps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, are you like are you, are you pushing your range that you normally absolutely. do in terms um, of like uh, uh, higher notes than you would expect yeah. probably to come oh, from yeah. the tuba? Yep. You know, yeah. it's. It, I find it, uh, two things about this piece that I just I just love. First of all, it's a, like a typical concerto in that it's in three movements. Mm-hmm. In this case, kind of three sections because they're done continuously. Continuously, they, there's no break in between. But it's obvious where that begins, and you get you know this kind of introduction in the faster movement of kind of well, we're hearing some real agility and that I've never heard in a two before, and then you get this slow movement that is just so beautiful. And what Golden was saying earlier, um, like you get you know these these flourishes in the tuba that are answered in the flute. You get like the highest instrument in the orchestra mm-hmm. with the lowest instrument in the orchestra in duet. It's it's I, I find it just charming. Yeah, not know? a pairing that you you would typically nor- <laughs> see, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you get into the the last movement, and it starts with a brass fanfare, and all of a sudden you just find out that where this instrument the tuba fits in the orchestra because it just supports that whole brass band that's mm-hmm. behind him but as a soloist not as not just as the accompaniment of of the bottom and i just think that that it's kind of an effect piece there's nothing in the anybody coming and, and i would say that probably 99.98% of the people who are coming on friday night have never heard this piece or maybe never even heard the tuba as a solo instrument and be blown yeah, away I, be, I bet not. It, it's uh, it, it's also. I, I saw this and I thought that is that's unique. It's unusual. It's, it's not, unusual. I, I hope we get some of those notes. Some of, now we talked about the high range, but I hope we get some of those low notes that you can the audience can just feel in their chest. Oh yeah, right you'll there. get it right. Yeah, you'll yeah. get it right away after the first uh, you know yeah. twelve <laughs> measures or so. There's a like nice low F. Yeah. You <laughs> know it's weird though, but there's like, <laughs> like whether it's it's orchestral music or even like I'll I'll listen to some things when you know when I'm trying to go to sleep or something. There's mm-hmm. something that weird soothing about bass that you can you can feel, feel. with really lo- almost a calming mm-hmm. feel for me that comes along with it's it like and v- that's something visceral. yeah it, it kind of it like it you can feel i don't know almost stress come off your body when you hear it i'm Takes sure it there's away. i'm sure there's some things with 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 you know musicology or something that that goes along with that but Something that you don't get with a lot of solo instruments, also. Right. So that's that's also something uh, I'm I'm excited. To hear I don't about think with that this. you'd probably want to go to sleep to a piccolo concerto. For exactly that. right. <laughs> you know, right, right. It's not. I mean, a piccolo is great, but I don't think it's got sort of that. Uh, like it feels like you're getting a massage. Yeah, right. Sort of. You, you know, it something envelops like that. you, and you yeah. and you literally feel it within your body. Um, uh, uh, Ed, let's t- let's talk about then the the second half after uh, instrum uh, after the uh, the break. You're going to do symphony fantastique. If I said that, that correctly. you said it beautifully, and it's by a French composer Hector or Hector Berlioz. Okay, and this guy was a, a majorly prominent figure back when he was a contemporary of, well, kind of followed Beethoven and then went into and a contemporary of Brahms. So he, you look at him as a very romantic composer. He wrote this piece um, as a kind. Well, it was really a love letter to someone that he was totally infatuated with, apparently a a beautiful, very famous Irish actress, Harriet Smithson. I always say Simpson. Mm -hmm. Smithson. Um, And he wrote this symphony in five movements, huge orchestra. Each movement 
um, is has a description that Berlioz asked, if, if you're ever play, performing this piece, please include this in the program notes. I want the audience to know what I was thinking. Hmm. And he, he takes you through this journey of how he longs for her. He has this love theme, and then he has this excitement coming up. And it's just this, this super romantic uh, music and beautiful, uh, very unusual. And again, like the John Williams, it's really an effect piece. You hear out of the orchestra, some of these sounds and colors that you thought, wow, where did he come up with that? And these rhythmic things, you could, it just blows your mind. Uh, by the time he gets to the fourth movement, he's like in this fantasy world. It's, he calls it a dream, that he's dreaming about her. Um, and I love what Leonard Bernstein once said about it. He said, this is the first psychedelic symphony because Berlioz, Berlioz was known to experiment a lot with drugs and he was probably an opium addict hmm. at this point p.s you get through this and you get this the some of these melodies the dse ray i don't know if you're if our listeners are familiar with that it's from the catholic liturgy from years ago that is a funeral a, a melody and it's about these witches sabbaths and this fantastical stuff that's going on and it just blows away through to the end that just <laughs> parts your hair right. in, in, in the thing. and p.s after he sent this uh idea to the actress yeah. never thinking that he had a chance a snowball's chance in heck to 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 they got married. Hey! <laughs> I worked! Yeah, it worked! It worked! It's worth it. It's like the scene in Goodwill Hunting when he says, I got her number. How do yeah. you like them apples? <laughs> she also, it makes me feel very lazy for just sending my wife a text saying, love you, with like a kissy emoji. Dude, I have not yet written an entire uh, symphony while uh, while whacked out on opium uh, before, but, you know, That's the, the, you know maybe for our next anniversary. We'll see. There you go. You, you, <laughs> let me see what I can do for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it, it sounds like a great show. Friday night, right, right. at, at 7.30 at the Lead Center. We, we've already recorded the pre-concert chat, so you can go online, lincolnsymphony.com, and, 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 and pull it up. Or you can come at 6.45, quarter of 7, for a half an hour. Genevieve Randall from uh, Nebraska Public Media and I and, and Golden will be there to tell you about this, more, even more info on this thing and, and some kind of personal notes. That's at the Steinhardt Room before right. you're, as you're entering. But so, just be there. Great night here. John Williams music here. Golden play the, the two see the tuba featured something you might not get to see a lot of times and and the uh, the dreamlike foray through Berlioz whatever he was doing that actually worked with the girl and by the way there are actually two tubas in this piece that's how big this orchestra okay. is okay. isn't that great right. hey I'm gonna take the first five people who text in uh, LSO text me the words LSO I've got no three t text tuba Set text tuba, Caleb. Yeah, get it right. Uh, yeah. All right, tuba already made the keyword. All right, so we'll pick five out of the people who text tuba in the next yes. ten minutes. Yeah. All right, there you go. There you go. We're giving some love, Golden, yeah. to the tuba. Yeah. Uh, I love this it. is your week, man. There you go. We're going to celebrate. Right. Uh, Ed Golden, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Have a great show Friday Real night. All pleasure. right, so thanks, much. Man. There you go. It's eight twenty-six. We'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, 
John Bishop. All right. Yes, John Bishop, the host of Unsportsmanlike Conduct on our sister station, 1620 The Zone. Good morning, John. Welcome back to Game Week. Oh, cool. Game. There's a game again on Saturday. I know. Well, there were games last week, too. Well, I mean, the game. You know what I mean? I know that was just it was just a different experience. It was it was it was a very different experience than obviously than the weekends had been so far. You have a funny way of saying it was a better experience. I mean, I I enjoyed last weekend. I did, too. I, I I kind of did too. I'm a little excited about the next one. That's only three weeks away. <laughs> and actually, since the game next week's a Friday, you know it's going to be uh, two oh, two Saturdays, right. three sa- three Saturdays out of four. That you're that's crazy. When has there last been three Saturdays out of four in the fall that Nebraska did not play a football game? Good question. That's I don't crazy. know. I, I that's a, couldn't that's answer a that one off the top of my head. By the way, uh, what is the kickoff for that Friday? Is that six? Uh, is it six? Yes, six, six. On oh, Friday. great! So I'll be in the car. Oh, yeah. Awesome. You listen. You can you you can listen to Greg and Matt on the way on the way home. I have it's nothing different. against Greg and Matt. I just would like to be able to see it because then I have to do the stupid call-in show afterwards. And you know, I'm. Oh uh, yeah. You don't have to. Uh, by the way, nice marketing. So now like, I need Greg to be extra descriptive. Really great radio marketing on your call-in show there. <laughs> Hey, listen, what, when, when you're one in three and staring down the barrel of maybe the worst hey, season in history, listen, you're not excited about calling shows after the game. Listen, John, Vegas keeps increasing that point spread in Nebraska's favor. I know. It's uh, weird. You know, the everybody, it, it, the, the, the experts weirdly like Nebraska in this game, despite everything that's happened, not only on the field, but sort of just in the ether around the program right now. So who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe this is the day that there's some, you know, something pleasant happens. Are we sure that this isn't the Warhorse Casino effect? I mean, are people just, <laughs> are they lining up to Warhorse? They don't have the sports book open. No, there, they though, don't. Right? They don't have, they're waiting for the, the, you know, kind of the administrative rules that oh. they've got to get to. Yes, the, because, so you know, goodness knows we got to keep waiting on waiting on rules. Here you go. Just copy and paste. It's just called Control C, Control X, you know, do it from Iowa. There you go. There's That's your what, rules. That's exactly it what Mark Vail said two hours ago. He had literally said the same thing. Copy and paste Iowa's rules. It, Iowa, uh, Kansas, yeah. you know, heck, New York's got it now. I mean, you know, it's everywhere. But uh, yeah, it is weird that the line keeps moving. I think what is it? Is it is it still at five or five and a it half? We went this from morning? three and a half to five or five and a half now. And no. uh, yeah. and I saw that Oklahoma line last week, and I was baffled by it. Uh, two weeks ago, I was baffled by it. So I don't know if this is the same thing or or what, but. Uh, but you know we'll see again well i I would watch for this because it 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 is typically happened with nebraska that there'll be another violent line change usually against nebraska come you know friday night saturday morning it 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 seems like it happens a lot so it wouldn't surprise me if that adjusts here before kickoff what what is I'm, i'm trying to even kind of figure out like what the yeah, and I know I I did watch a decent amount of Indiana against Cincinnati last week, and if if there is a team this year that Nebraska is going to discover its pass rush against, it's Indiana, um, <laughs> because their quarterback was under some major duress that entire game. They had some injuries on the de- on the offensive line, but like I'm trying to figure out even exactly what you know with what we know about this team, 
what we've seen from them, what we know about the issues on defense. Uh, like, what is a really good game? What could a really good game look like them at this point? I, I mean, I, I think the clearest thing about that is the offense is putting up a ton of points. That's, I mean, I think that's the clearest thing. And then right. I suppose it's probably some things like getting tur- getting turnovers, frankly. Yeah, I, it I is. Mean, it's if, getting if, turnovers. If Nebraska's I mean, you know. going to have uh, some of these moments this year where where either it's beating an Indiana or or getting getting up some some wins down the road here, I think getting turnovers, not only getting turnovers, but getting turnovers that you have long returns on uh, and and close to scoring. That's going to be the formula when Nebraska outperforms where they've been this year, I think. That's, that's got to be the biggest thing. Well, and then we talked about that before the season, you know, and it starts with pressure, in my opinion. It starts with quarterback pressure, forcing the quarterback to make, you know, decisions before he's ready to, um, you know, errant throws, deflected throws, things like that. And, you know, you look back, you know, the, um, I think both the interceptions against Georgia Southern, you know, there was pressure on the quarterback and, and it, it forced a, it forced an errant throw. Um, that, so yeah, it starts with pressure and turnovers. Uh, but I, I think, you know, with, with, with as fast as Indiana plays, you know, they're the, depending on, you know, whose metrics you're using, they're either top five fastest or first fastest in FBS in getting off snaps. But then you look at their yards per play and it's not very good. So they just kind of paper cut you to death, um, as they go down the field in, in a situation like that. If you can just string together a couple of stops in a row and just and and thwart that momentum because teams teams who play fast really really feed off of momentum you know the 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 better they are the faster they are etc and if Nebraska could string together a couple of stops and then if they're true to their word and and do slow play it a little bit more and kind of grind things out then all of a sudden you're putting Indiana in catch-up mode. And that's where they were last week. They were in catch-up mode against against Cincinnati. And, you know, they, they, they just they couldn't come back. And because if you look back at, you know, when Indiana beat um, uh, Illinois. Illinois, Illinois, yeah. Um, Illinois should have won that game. Yeah. I mean, I watched a good chunk of that game. Illinois should have won that game. But. Indiana was allowed to stay close. And I think for with Nebraska, I think if they can string together just a couple of stops, cash in those stops with nice long drives, get scores, force Indiana to play catch up, I think that's gonna that that's probably the most likely way Nebraska comes out with a win. You know, it's interesting that you talk about the speed of Indiana's offense because I watched I watched more of the second half of that Indiana Cincinnati game and they had a point where they were down I can't remember what the score. Something like thirty-seven, sixteen, or something. Where they—I mean, it was—it was going to take a little bit of a haul, but they could have gotten themselves back in the game had they, you know, they put together a score and a stop and another score. They had the ball and they ran a, a drive that went all the way down the field, um, all the way down inside the the Cincinnati ten yard line. And I'm telling you, John, they play fast, but they took like seven minutes off the clock with that drive. With just like short passes, and yeah. it was like it was like the length of a you know a service academy drive. They ended up not getting points because they went for it on fourth down. So I mean, I know that's just one instance, but you you shouldn't necessarily associate fast moving with like 
big chunks of yard. And as no, in fact, they, it's the exact opposite. You know, like I said, they're they're bottom third in the country in yards per play. Connor Basilak, their yeah. quarterback, is only is averaging less than six yards per attempt. Right, right, which is really really low. And then running, you know, their their best running back. Uh, Shivers is averaging just 4.6 yards a care. I mean, it, it's a, it's death by paper cuts. And so it, this may be one of those deals where, you know, if Indiana does get a long drive, you force them into field goal decisions or decisions to go for it on fourth down. And then it's just about making that stop. Mm-hmm. And if you make that stop, and we've seen Nebraska's had success driving the long field, I think you can, you know, you can, you can kind of counteract everything that's happening the 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 big question is going to be and mickey joseph mentioned this yesterday is you know just how this new defense is going to operate with a new defensive coordinator with new calls um they're trying to simplify calls to the point where you can get those in fast and everyone understands where they're supposed to be and remember nebraska only had five practices over the last two weeks because of the the way the rules set up when you play a week zero game. So it's not like they were able to, you know, work on stuff, you know, four days last week and three more days this week. They only had five total practices. So a lot of classroom work, a lot of, you know, studying the iPad, you know, you know, quizzing each other like you used to do, you know, in high school and right. you quiz your buddy with, with flash cards, cards, you know, yeah. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and to see how this team is going to react to a newer way of doing things with a new voice in their ear or new calls coming in. Um, it, it's going to be a unique challenge. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, Trev had some interesting comments last night. The one that seems to be uh, most, most dominating discussion today is uh, going back to old Herbie, uh, which we suggested at the uh, Break the Curse event might be a good idea. In fact, we literally uh, brought old Herbie back from the dead, 80s version of old Herbie, and now uh, life is imitating our Break the Curse event, so that's good. Here's here's my concern. Now, as you know, John, I'm a huge proponent of old Herbie. I'm I'm a huge proponent of old Herbie exactly as he was um, with the overalls, with the corn, uh, with the OK sign, which I don't think we need to let the idiots determine what we can do with that. And and, you know, with the gut, uh, with all of that. Now, when they say he's going to modernize him. How concerned are you that they are going to go toward that it's just going to be old Herbie, but it's still going to feel like new, svelte, dark-haired, metrosexual uh, me- metro, Herbie? Metrosexual Herbie is as you've described him. Are, are do you have concern they're going to go still too far in that direction with him? I'm I'm wondering what the fan reaction is going to be like when they roll him out in an electric pickup truck. <laughs> Rivian, bring him out in a Rivian. Nice. He's gonna he's gonna come out. Yeah, he's gonna come out in a Rivian and and you know because I, I mean what what's a modern modern twist on on Herbie? Well, he's got to have a Bluetooth and you know he's got to have a Rivian and um he's probably invested in crypto, um you know <laughs> I really don't know. I, I'll be I'll be very curious. You know. How it's going to look. I, I, am, uh, I, I mean, if you look back, you know, and we were having fun with the bug eyed Herbie costume yes. uh, that we had it. At, at, but, but if you look <laughs> at the next generation of Herbie right before they switched to metrosexual, like Herbie, the actual, that was a good mas- looking like the actual mascot, you mean like the physical mascot? Yeah, yeah. the physical mascot. It was a good looking yeah. mascot costume. It looked, you know, pretty close to the cartoon. It didn't look so garish. You know, it didn't look like it had been, you know, eaten by feral cats. 
or anything like that. Um, and, and so I don't think you need to overthink it, right? You don't need to overthink things. Just go back to the classics. You know, you, we now have better technology today to make good looking mascot costumes. Please do not consult the person who created Purdue Pete or the Providence Friar. I mean, those two, which by the way, I believe they are brothers, um, are two of the scariest looking things. Please don't do that. <laughs> I I have this weird thing, and I don't. I, I guess the the Herbie mascot, the actual mascot who ran around at the games, was not sort of like didn't really have this husky look. But the cartoon, the cartoon that I love, that they still bring back on. I mean, shoot, even even Scott Frost in his last game was wearing a old Herbie sweatshirt. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, he was oh, wearing, yeah. so like they. I'm sure it's a collector's item now. So like they've brought it back already. I think Trev is talking about the physical. The physical mascot, which I actually care less, slightly less about, but that's fine. But I just, I, I'm, I don't want. I'm here's what I'm afraid of now. They've already sort of re-embraced the old Herbie logo, okay? Even if they've gone with the number one instead of the OK sign, like they put it on Husker basketball uniforms. They've done that. I've applauded and appreciated that. I've bought that gear. I'm sort of afraid that that they're going to change that now. That they're gonna, and, and I don't know that yeah. they're gonna change I, that to match the new Herbie the actual mascot. The the merch and everything's going to be updated. Uh, I don't know. I don't like this. Well, you'll, you'll probably I, I still I'm be able concerned. to get old Herbie with. Stuff. I want. Listen, I want. Here's what I want. I want my Herbie Herbie wearing that cowboy hat thing or whatever it is. I want him to have blonde hair. I want his face to have the big strong jaw. And the and the toothy smile. I want him to have a football or whatever sport he's representing, and a piece of corner in his pocket. And frankly, John, I want him to be strong, obese, which is a body type that I think is important. Strong, obese. I want him. I want him to weigh. You know, a good. Uh, I want him to look. You want like him he, to look like Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Uh, yeah, I want him to weigh you know, a good big, two, big two, gut, but he's got muscles. You two ninety. He's the kind where you know, if you punch him in the stomach, your hand doesn't sink in. It exactly. Bounces back. Exactly. You know, you know, he's not doing well on his doctor's BMI chart, but you're also not really about his his health or strength or physical. Country ability. strong, I believe. Thank is you. The word. That's what I want. Country strong. The, yes, I, I. And I think that's probably what what you're going to get to some degree, right? I, hope I, I so. mean, you know, you're obviously not going to just stick a you know piece of corn in metrosexual Herbie's pocket and say, "Well, we've done our work here." Right. You know, it'll it'll be done well, and then. And then I hope if, if it, if it comes and, and get ready for this, it's not going to be met with everyone's approval. Oh, people I, are yes. going to, people are going to crap on this like they usually do. But if we can get at least enough support for it, then put it at the 50 yard line. Absolutely. Take, and, take the, and put it in the I middle of the basketball I, court. I, yes. Not a fan of the block end. Not going to lie. Not yep. a fan of the block end. The end should be the end like it is on the helmets. That's my opinion. Um, North Carolina State is one that I think of. They've sort of brought back the old, you know how it was for a long time in, in, in college and high school logos that it was all animals with sailor caps on for some reason? Yes. yes. <laughs> North Carolina State has this great one. I actually have a hat of it where it's, uh, where it's that old North Carolina State wolf with a sailor's cap on and like chewing on something. It's awesome. They put it on the middle of their field instead of the old ncsu it's awesome it's it's very cool so i completely agree with you you don't be afraid to use it don't be because people like it people will they love people, it pe people will like it but don't screw it up don't yeah, go yeah. do yeah. not go far away from the original mark the original cartoon 
Mark, uh, listen, if you've got to take away the okay sign, whatever. I don't, that's dumb. But, but, but in terms of everything else, the physical appearance, let's not mess with any of that. That's right. No, I, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, and, 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 you know, and, and maybe this will also be rolled out because remember, Trev did say he wanted to make sure that the uniforms across all sports had some uniformity to them. Yeah. And I've always wondered what that meant. And maybe this will be rolled out with a complete rebranding, you know, or, or, or maybe not rebranding, but, but a polish of the branding Listen, that they currently have. I, 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 I like Trev. I trust everything he says. I'm very, think he's going to do a job with the coaching search. The whole making all the uniforms like uniform across the sports, I could, uh, I aggressively don't care about. I'd like to say that. I don't, I think they already do. They're red and white. Come on. Let's work on more important stuff than that. Let's let's get, let's get rid well, of the. Bad there's ones. other people that are working. Let's on get this rid thing. of. The, well, like I just I know, but he's he's talked about. Hey, remember when we found the real life guy who looked like her? Looks so much like her. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah, they Kent. bring him in. Yeah, Kent. Kent from Arizona. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Maybe we just bring him in. He's got to put some lbs on for me to be happy with it. But other than that, <laughs> maybe we have a human. It's not too often you see just straight up human mascots outside, like the leprechaun at Notre Dame, right? Yeah, absolutely. Many. Or the I, K- or I'm the K State Wildcat with ha- with human hands. But <laughs> what are you thinking, K State? Yeah, can you tell? That I've is had, disturbing when you think about it. <laughs> can you tell I've had enough K State love over the last four days? I'm about burnt out on K State love. So uh, it's already gone. Yeah. I mean, it was a one day thing, and now it's yeah. over. You know, until Kansas State, you know, plays in the Big Twelve Championship game, and then you're right. going to get used to it all over again. Right. All right, uh, got to run out of time. Uh, have a good show today, and have a great show after the game on Saturday. And in cool. the show that John is very excited about. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> the marketing department will be thrilled. All right, thank you, John. We'll talk yeah. to you later. John Bishop, 1620 The Zone. All right, we'll take a break. We'll wrap up. We'll tell you about the Fantasy Oscars picks next on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Fun show today. Fantasy Oscars picks are in. Picks number five and six. Who got them? What'd they pick? So the Jeremy took first quarter 730. Mm. Susie says first quarter 915. Okay. So that puts three picks between 912 and 915. <laughs> People are really going to be <laughs> splitting hairs with the second when they watch this Getting game. Getting real stressed prize. around that time. All right, two more picks tomorrow. Tomorrow is a special day, though, so those will both be during the 6 o'clock hour. I am going to be in Elwood, Nebraska. I'm heading out later today for the Team Jack Radiothon. That'll be on the air here at KLIN starting at 7 and going till 6 p.m., so special programming day. Love for you if you would uh, if if you would support Team Jack through that if you're able to. Uh, we've got a lot of good content for you, a ton of interviews with celebrities, uh, people in sports, entertainment, and the like. I think you're going to enjoy that and some some really important stories here out of the work Team Jack has done. So we'll be doing that and then back for the Friday Husker Tailgate on Friday, getting you ready for Nebraska and Indiana with Mike Schaefer. That's it. We will see you tomorrow. It is 9 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln.